Man, isn't that great? That's good stuff. Man, that's good stuff. You know, everybody has a next step. Did you know that? Everybody, including me, I have a next step. I got to take steps. If I decide right now to say, I'm just going to, uh, you know, relax and, and take it easy. I don't, I don't need to study anymore. Uh, I don't need to read the Bible. I don't need to uh, commune with other people. Uh, I could do that. I could do that. But uh, uh, I'm not going to experience the kind of rich blessings that God has in store for me. So uh, I just want you to know, everybody has a next step. Right? Can you say that with me? Everybody has a next step. One more time. Everybody has a next step. And I hope what you're saying is, I have a next step. I have a next step. I can begin to take next steps, whatever that step might be. And uh, I can, I can uh, find my way to a relentless God who is pursuing me uh, in, in some of the good times and some of the bad times. Uh, I can figure out how to uh, find my relentless God who's constantly after me. So you guys excited? You guys excited this morning? I'm excited. Um, I just want you to know that we are security junkies. Did you know that you're a security junkie? I know that you're a security junkie, even if you don't know you're a security junkie. In, in, the, in the world that we live in, uh, we are security junkies. Uh, think about it for a moment. Uh, when you go uh, into your house or maybe at your car, you, you, you likely lock the door. Uh, maybe you have a deadbolt and you and you. you you, you latch it before you go to sleep at night, uh, and we call that home security. Uh, we like security because we're security junkies, right? Um, we, we go to the airport, and the lovely people in the navy blue outfits, right? Uh, they have these little labels on them, uh, TSA, and we call that airport security. And it's so that we feel safe and secure when we're flying, Right? Uh, in our country, we have the CIA and the FBI, and that's called national security. Don't you feel safe? You should, right? Uh, we, we like our security. When we go to our computers, when we go to our computers, uh, we have virus protection and, and malware and, 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 and anti-spyware stuff, and we call that internet security, now we we are so we are so security junkies in our country that 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 once in a while even when I walk into the bathroom and there's a stall in there there's a little thing on the wall and there's a there's a round piece of tissue paper and there's a sign on the little thing on the wall with a round piece of tissue paper when I go into the stall in the bathroom and it says for your security Don't you feel safer We're security junkies. We want to feel safe. We want to feel secure. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I want to point you in the direction of a God who can make you secure. I want to point you in the direction of a, of a God who relentlessly pursues you so that you can have the kind of security that you most desire. 
Now, this security that we're talking about, the security that I'm talking about that God wants to grant you is not security from every hangnail or tough road or tough time or or tough trial. That's not the kind of security uh, that I'm talking about. The kind of security that God offers, uh, first of all, is the kind that, that lasts for eternity, the kind that says, hey, if you're in relationship with me, I am going to make sure uh, that, that you and I are together. I've got your back. You're my wingman, Right? Uh, the kind of security that, uh, that, that God has for His people is that kind of security that says, uh, I may not keep you from every bad thing that ever happens, but, uh, but what I am going to do for you is give you a community of people that you can gather around to have good wisdom, to come to my word, uh, to give you good uh, life choices that you can make, Right? As you walk through that, and I am going to be there with you, that's the kind of security that's being offered. And if you're a kind of person this morning that, that desires that kind of security, uh, then, then you've come to the right spot. Then you understand that there's a relentless God ready, willing, and able to give you that kind of security and that kind of community and that kind of word. Are you ready for that kind of God this morning? I'm excited to tell you that there's that kind of God from eternity, for all of eternity, from the very beginning of all of creation. God has made a track record. Listen, God has made a track record of saying, look, I have your back. I am the ultimate security guard, and I'm going to make sure that, that, that you're going to have the kind of security that you need in this relationship. Okay, so when we get into God's word this morning, what we're going to see is we're going to see the source of the security that we most pursue. Uh, We're going to see the source of it. We're going to be taken to the headwaters, right? We're going to be taken to the headwaters uh, of where this source comes from, where this security comes from. And then we're going to then we're going to see how is it that I experience it? Uh, how is it that I encounter this kind of security in my life? If you're tr- following along with me, we're going to be in Hosea chapter 7. We're going to be in Hosea chapter 7. Ezekiel, Daniel, and then Hosea, kind of right there in the middle. If you're using one of the Pew Bibles, it's going to be page 628. Page 628. Now Israel finds themselves and they are, uh, they are being disciplined by God. Now you say, I thought this was about security. Yes, it is. Uh, Israel has been in a relationship with God. Now they're being disciplined by God because they went looking for security in all the wrong places. You know that song, looking for love in all the wrong places? Well, that was Israel. As a nation, they were looking for love in all the wrong places, and God noticed. So, Hosea chapter 7, verse 8. Ephraim mixes with the nations, and Ephraim is a flat cake, not turned over. 
what he's talking about is you went to the oven and uh, you put some cookies in there and, uh, and you forgot about them, ladies. You, you, you just left them in there. And, uh, and then, you know, you know, half an hour later when you realize, oh my goodness, um, I left the cookies in the oven and you go and, uh, and, and what you have is a half-baked cookie. It's all doughy on one side and it's crispy on the other. And he's saying uh, they're half-hearted. This is, this, is a, this is an example of their heart. They are, they are hard-hearted. Uh, they are half-hearted. Um, uh, and they are mixing with the nations. Again, they're, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. They're going to look for security in places other than God. Verse 9, Foreigners have sapped their strength, but he, but he doesn't realize it. His hair is sprinkled with gray, but he doesn't notice it. You see, Israel, what they've begun to do, politically speaking, uh, is they've looked to the other nations and said, well, let's see, let's make a deal with them over there because maybe they can help protect us. And then we're going to go over here and we're going to make a secret deal with these guys over here in case these guys over here, uh, if they they turn their back on us, then we'll have a secondary plan. Uh, And and it's like a a guy going out and saying, I'm going to try and date two women at the same time. And, and the women always find out, don't they? They always find out. And it's never good when it happens. This is what is happening to the nation of Israel. Uh, they made a deal with Assyria, and they made a deal, a secret deal with Egypt, and they said, it's all going to work out. Everything's going to be good. We're going to be absolutely secure. And it doesn't work out that way. They always find out. And now they have, they've made that bed, and they have to lie in it. Look at verse 10. Israel's arrogance testifies against him. But despite all of this, he doesn't return to the Lord or search for him. I love this image. In verse 11, Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless, now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. And what he's saying is uh, he's a fair-weather worshiper. Right? He's going from one tree to the next. He's just like a dove. He's, he sees a tree over there and says, hey, that looks pretty good. And then he sees a tree over there and he says, that looks pretty good. And I'm going to go over there and I'm going to seek security there. And I'm going to seek shelter there. And it's going to be really awesome. Verse 12, when they go, I will throw my net over them and I'll pull them down like birds of the air. And when I hear them flocking together, I'm going to catch them. Woe to them! Now, this is something you never want God to say to you, by the way. Right? If God shows up sometime in your bedroom and, uh, you know, like a burning bush kind of moment and, and suddenly like your dresser's on fire but it's not really on fire and, and God comes through the fire and says, Woe to you! You better get down on your face in a hurry and repent, okay? Woe to you is never good. It's never good. It's judgment talk. Woe to them because they have strayed from me. Destruction to them because they have rebelled against me. Now, I love this. I love this. What we have here is a lovesick God, right? We have a lovesick God, and He loves His kids, and His kids have gone and done something really dumb. Uh, the story really kind of goes like this. You, you have this God. You have this Father, and He loves His kids, and He loves His people, Right? And, and the kids have gone off and they've begun to make their own choices and do their own thing. And, 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 the, and, and, 
and, and he wants to help them. He keeps coming to them over and over and saying, hey, I can help you. Uh, why don't you come to me? Why don't you seek security in me? Uh, why is it that, that you don't just come and let me help you? Do you understand? Right? Maybe you've had this in your own families or you were that child and you live in ultimate rebellion and you're just constantly saying, no, I don't need any help. I don't need you. Uh, I, I can do it on my own. I'm, I'm, I'm just fine. My own experience is going to prove to you that I'm okay. And, and here is Israel in that spot. And God's saying, I want you back, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you be there. Right? The, the best analogy that I can think of is, is uh, uh, there's someone, they're stuck in a trap, and you want to go and help them, and every time you do, they get angry at you for wanting to help you. It hurts to take someone out of a trap. And so they're just angry, but notice what God says. He says, I long to redeem them, but they speak lies against me. They don't cry out to me from their hearts, but they wail on their beds. They gather together for grain and wine, uh, but turn away from me. They want all the stuff, but they don't want me. In verse 15, we see a lovesick God. I train them and strengthen them, but they plot against me. They do not turn to the Most High. They're like a faulty bow. Uh, some of you are hunters. And, and the words here are, are saying, hey, uh, they have a bow that's twisted. And it doesn't matter how many times they draw back the arrow. It doesn't matter how many times they try and hit the target. They're not going to hit it because they're not facing the Lord. Their security is found in something else. And their leaders will fall by the sword because of their insolent words for this they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. They're going to be humiliated. And God says, I'm going to let them make their bed, and then I'm going to let them lie in it. So, what's the source of our security? Now, oftentimes, we think, we think of conventional security, don't we? Now, we think of conventional security, but what, I'm, what, what I just led you through is this fact. God is a jealous God. He, he is exclusive in His relationship with you, right? Uh, I have a wife. I've been happily married for almost 18 years. It's wonderful. Uh, and we don't say in our marriage, well, you know, if you want to go out and date that guy, that's all right. If you want to go and look at that girl, it's not a big deal. How many of you in your marriage relationship, uh, uh, you have an open marriage? I hope none of you. None of you. That relationship is exclusive. That relationship is holy. Your, your marriage bed is to be kept pure, right? You're not to be looking at any other guys. You're not to be looking at any other girls, right? This is an exclusive relationship. And this is the kind of relationship that God desires with His people. And He says, he says that is what I want. And when you go looking for love somewhere else, when you go looking for security somewhere else, I'm not pleased. And sometimes conventional wisdom right now in the world that we live in kind of uh, you know, collides with God and His exclusive relationship that He wants with His people. A couple days ago, actually, I had a student who came into my office and, 
and wanted to talk through some, uh, some wisdom, right? He, was, he had this job opportunity. And he said, he said, this is the job opportunity of my life. I, I really want it. I want to go after it. I want to seek it. Uh, and this is, this is a ministry opportunity. And I said, yeah, that, that sounds really good. He said, there's only one problem. He said, I, I, I have this, this deep thing inside. Every time I, 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 I pray about it, he kept, he kept putting his hands together. He said, it's like God is putting up the stop sign and like pressing on me and saying, no, this is not going to work. And I said, well, well, as we began to unwrap that, and I said, well, well, how is it that you know this is from God? And, and how is it that you know, you know that this is, this is the right decision? And he said, here's why I know. He said, the ministry decision I made last time, you know, everything on the outside looked really good. Everything looked awesome. Everybody was telling me, this is what you need, and you need some experience, and you, you can advance your career. And, uh, and he kept saying, you know, it, I, I wasn't quite sure, and I, I felt this thing just like I'm feeling it right now. And, and they kept saying, no, no, it's good. Go for it. And he goes, it was the worst ministry experience of my life. In other words, when we don't, when we don't manage our security and look for security in the right places, in the right source, meaning God, there's going to be ultimate disappointment in the end. There's going to be ultimate disappointment in the end. So, so how is it that you go about your business dealings? And what kind of security are you looking for? Sometimes we've mentioned this time and time again. We have to keep coming back to it because Jesus keeps coming back to it. right? He keeps talking about money over and over again. And why is it that we do that? Is it because God needs your money? No. It's because sometimes money stands in the way between you and God. And in the culture that we live in, our economics can sometimes stand in the way between us saying, God, I'm going I'm to trust in your security rather than my own. And maybe, maybe it's that you want to go from one job to the next and you keep looking over in that other tree and saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to go to the next job and the next job and it's going to pay a little more and I'm going to have a little more and everything's going to be great in the end and your, and your knees never hit the floor and you never open up the Word and, and, and what you need to do is get down on your knees and pray to God and say, you know, is this good? Is this secure? Are you in it? Are you all hanging with me? Several weeks ago, I had the opportunity. I was uh, asked by this church uh, to come uh, in an evening with their, their uh, high school students and uh, to speak on a topic of the science and, and faith. And I had a great time, and I went through the whole thing, and I got to meet this dad and uh, he, he's got two high school boys in the youth group, and, and he, he, was just, he was just bleeding his heart out before me. He said, I said, well, hey, man, how's it going? I'm so glad you're here. Uh, why are you here tonight? He said, well, he said, actually, I'm here tonight because my wife, uh, who's been this devoted follower for such a long time, has decided that, that she is, she's, 
she's gone into kind of this new age and uh, reading of hands and, and looking at crystals and looking for answers in all the wrong places. She's got these tough questions and she's decided to go there instead of come here. And I just wonder sometimes when life is asking tough questions, when we're faced with, with the the kinds of things that come up in life when we're trying to travel down tough roads, if sometimes in our conventional mind what, we, what we're saying to ourselves is, well, surely God can't really handle this. He's way up there. And so I'm just going to do this one on my own. And gang, if this text is... Any indication of what happens when we seek security outside of the one security giver is that our lives are going to be matched with disappointment when we do. Maybe you're a student here this morning and, and the one thing that you desperately want from your friends is acceptance. You go into school and what is it that you want? You want to be accepted. I want acceptance. I want people to like me. I want popularity. I want the things that, uh, that, that all people want. And the thing that you don't want most is rejection. I just don't want to be rejected. And so you're, you're tempted uh, to, to seek security on your own. You're, you're tempted to say, you know what? I'm going to do what it takes to be the popular one. I'm going to do what it takes to, to get the kind of acceptance that I most want in this world. And it means that you're going to have to, it means that you're going to have to kind of compromise on some of the moral standard uh, that you set when you're in this room. And it means that you're going to have to look at, uh, at the Word and say, well, that maybe doesn't really matter. I'm going to go my own way anyway. And let me tell you, students, it's going to end in disappointment. And I know that's hard. And I know that may mean times where you feel alone, but you're not. We have to look for security from the one who gives security. And that is not in a business, and it is not in our finances, and it's not even with other people. It's only with God. That's where our security is. And sometimes in our political uh, spectrum, sometimes Christians, what, what can we do? Uh, we say, well, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enter into the land of legislation and I'm going to let the land of legislation secure for me a moral right. I don't know that I have to tell you that in a, in a year like this, it becomes abundantly clear that our security cannot be in our government. It can't be in our legislation. It has to be in God. It has to be in who He is. That's the source of our security. And maybe you're here this morning for this one thing. God longs to redeem you. Maybe you've sought security somewhere else. Maybe you are seeking security right now in, in something else. And He is calling you back. And He is saying, hey, come back to Me. Like a father waiting for his son to come back, He's saying, I am giving you room. Repent. Turn around. 
Stop what you're doing and come back to me. Let your knee hit the floor in the kind of security that you want. And I will make sure that you experience security that is unmatched in this world. But you have to come to me. And so we come to that question, that really hard, hard question. How is it that I encounter this kind of security? How is it that I experience it? I know where it comes from. It comes from God. But, but how is it that I experience it? And I'm not sure of another way to tell you how to experience this kind of security. This kind of security that God offers in the kind of community, in the kind of word that He has, other than to tell you some people who, who seek security really well. You see, there's this guy in our church. Some of you know him. He's an elder here. His name's, name is Dan Nelderberg. Now, Dan didn't know I was going to share this story, but I'm going to share it anyway. A couple weeks ago, I'm at Dan's house, and we're, we're eating, and we're conversing, and I'm just learning, and I'm listening. And uh, he tells me that uh, several years ago, it was a dry summer. And uh, if you know anything about farming, this is Iowa after all, uh, you need rain. Did you know that? Uh, you need rain. And you need one of those, I think they call them million dollar rains. I don't know that we get that money, but, uh, but they call it, uh, you know, a million dollar rain. And, and it's one of those rains that comes at the right time. And, and, uh, and, and Dan had been praying, God, we need rain. We, our crops need, you know, water uh, if we're going to... We're going to see a good yield this year. And, uh, and, and I, here's, here's what I say. Sometimes in those kinds of situations, when insecurity is real, we go looking for security somewhere other than God. And we forget to pray, and we forget to seek His guidance, and we forget to seek His people, and we just go and, and we're going to say, we're, we're going to make this happen on our own. I love what Dan did. He said he prayed. And not only did he pray, he, he took some folding chairs out of his garage and he and his bride Janice went out to the garage and sat down and waited for rain. Twelve plus inches later of rain, God had answered their prayer. You see, you want security. It has to come with trust. Trust in God equals unmatched security. You see, we're security junkies. We want the kind of security that we all want. We want secure security, right? Here's the hard part. The times when you will have to choose to trust God the times that you will have to choose to trust God are in insecure moments, not the secure ones. It'll be in those moments when not everything is going well and everything is, feels insecure and you're going to have to put your knees on the floor and face the heavens and go, okay, what is it that you want? What direction would you have me go? So this morning... Maybe that morning is this morning for you. And you're going to seek security maybe for the first time. 
And you're going to seek out the source of, of, of the kind of security that I've talked about this morning. Maybe it is that next step for you. And so I'm calling you this morning. I'm calling you this morning to come and experience the God of security. And for you to relinquish security in yourselves. And if you would do that, whether you've known Jesus for a long time or this is the first step, then I'm going to ask you to come. And we will be here. Let me pray. Gracious God, help us to take the next steps. Help us to take the next steps that will get us into the arena of security with you. God, help us to take the example that we have heard about and know that you long for us to come, to be redeemed. But I pray that we will not look for love in all the wrong places. I pray that our security is based in our trust in you and you alone. Lord, be our security. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.